I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. January 6th, 2020. Beans. Epiphany. Boxing, daylight savings time, violence amongst figure skaters, and taxing witches. This is Awesome Today. Awesome Today is a daily show, even though it technically isn't every day. It is barely edited and sometimes offensive. It is a good show. Some might even call it awesome. If you are friends with someone who doesn't think this show is awesome, you deserve better friends. Well, hello. And hello. And welcome back. It's good to be back, able to be, able-ish to be back. I, uh, I've been sick. You've been pretty sick. It was not full-on man-cold. No, it was like teetering it on was the close. Yeah. It was close. It was touch and go, yes. as they say. Yes. Um, yesterday... I actually, as you know, took full notes and refrained from speaking all day until it was time to record, came down to review notes with you, and about every third word just completely cut out. I had, I sounded like I was on the bad end of a transatlantic phone call. (laughs) You really did sound like that. That That's a very good description. Yeah, so we decided probably not going to work for recording an audio medium. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we've been out a few days while you've been, um, convalescing. It was a little, little questionable today. Again, I'd I know. gone most of the day not talking. And then about an hour ago, I had an insane coughing fit and thought I was going to lose my voice all over again. We'll I, see how things go. Yeah, it's true. Why don't you let me cover most of the material today? Yeah. Do what you will. Well, why don't you start us off though? Well, it is National Bean Day. Yes, it is. Beans have been cultivated since the early 7th millennium B.C. That's 7,000 years B.C. Yes. I, I was, you know, I love when we can go back to at least ancient Rome, but this ancient Rome is but a mere right. twinkle in the eye of when beans began to be cultivated by humanity. Indeed. Indeed. Of course, beans come 
in a myriad of sizes, shapes, and colors. You may eat them as a side dish. They can be the primary player in a main dish. Some people even use them as a substitute for flour in gluten-free desserts. Now, if you hate eating them, but you like to look at them, some people will fill a glass receptacle of some sort with a pattern of differently colored beans. When I was younger, I tried shooting them from a slingshot with limited success. Ah. Aerodynamics and such. Yes. Yes, I can understand that. What's your favorite bean dish? I was just going to ask you what your favorite bean is, but you're saying bean dish? Well, I mean, if you just want to blanket choose a bean, can that's I have, fine, I guess, if that's what you like. Can I have two favorites, please, sir? I suppose. The first one... Is the garbanzo bean. It's derived from the garbanzo bean, which is a chickpea, chickpea. which is to say hummus. Hummus. <laughs> you knew that was going to be I great. felt it. I could feel, I could smell hummus in the air. <laughs> I love hummus so much. I've loved it from the first time I've tried it when I was a teen. Mm-hmm. Um, then when I had it in Lebanon, I was like, well, this is a revelation. I will say, and I say this often, the closest I've ever come to experiencing um, the the type of hummus they serve in Lebanon here in, in America is actually the Trader Joe's Mediterranean style hummus. It is wildly, amazingly like the authentic hummus that I ate in Lebanon. Do you like hummus? I'm, I take it or leave it. Indifferent about yeah. it. My other favorite it bean. It sucks in a slingshot. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so messy. Yeah. Don't do it. My other favorite bean dish is just some good old fashioned trash food. Your granny, the one who just turned 105 is not known for being a culinary whiz in the kitchen. Mm-mm. In fact, quite the opposite. Quite the opposite, known for ruining many a good meal. However, when we were like newlyweds, mm-hmm. somehow some way she came across a recipe for bean dip that speaking of revelations was it changed my mind about bean dip forever. It's very good. It's absolute trash. It's yeah. canned refried beans, it's sour cream, it's cheddar cheese, it's cream cheese. But it is so good. I think it's all of the cheeses, soured and creamed. probably the vast majority of the goodness of Granny's bean dip. It's a favorite around here. How about you? Do you have a favorite bean and or bean dish? I have a favorite bean dish, which would be authentic southern red beans and rice. Oh, and you make them so well. It's been a while. Yes. It's, It's not tremendously easy on the southern constitution. No, it'll, it'll mess you up, especially yeah. since you make these huge batches. Yeah, and we eat it like three thing. meals a day yeah. for a week. <laughs> and we all have an appointment with the doctor. It's true. If you've never had authentic, it's, uh, it's not that difficult to make. It is time-consuming. Yeah. Um, part of what makes it so delightful is you, you take roughly half of the, of the red beans that you've cooked up and you mash them. And so it turns into like beans in a gravy. You've also mm. cooked like the cheapest, raunchiest sausage you can find in there with it. And raunchy sausage. It's That's good. Drag- that is your drag name. It's also <laughs> the first band I ever played in. <laughs> so. Oh my goodness. Not so popular here, but it was big in the UK. <laughs> your band? Mm-hmm. Raunchy sausage. Yes. That's so dumb. Okay. Okay. You started us down that path. (laughs) 
It's a great band name. I mean, it really is. Oh, good. Yeah, shifting gears. Yes. Today on the liturgical calendar, my friends, today is Epiphany. You may now... With freedom and ease, take your Christmas tree down. Ours has been down a few days because we got some new living room furniture. But um, it is Epiphany. It's a major feast that celebrates the coming of the Magi, also known as the Three Wise Men. So if you do still have your nativity set up, bring the wise men in close. Now, interestingly, this is Epiphany on the traditional liturgical calendar. However, on the new calendar, it was celebrated uh, in our church at Mass on Sunday. And so we have a beautiful, again, we go to St. Francis of Assisi. Kyle had mentioned St. Francis's, uh, uh, what's the word? He's like part of the origin story of the nativity scene. Yes, yes. And so our parish has a huge nativity scene that they put up on Christmas uh, every year. And so now, as we went to Mass on Sunday, not Kyle because he was sick, but I took the children the wise men were crowded in around in the nativity scene. So anyway, whether you celebrate it on Sunday or today, happy epiphany. Here we are. Here we are. Well, if it is your birthday today, you do share it with John DeLorean, the founder of the DeLorean Motor Company. Without him, of course, Michael J. Fox would have never made it back to the future multiple times. Yep. It's a true fact. Um, do, are DeLoreans still in production? Is it still a no, big... No, no. They went, they went under. In fact, they, that company may have already been defunct by the time Back to the Future was filmed. When? Really? If not, very shortly thereafter, yeah. Mm. In fact, I think it was, because I think part of the reason, at least as the lore goes, that the car was chosen by Doc was because it, it was cheap and okay. yet fast. Wow, I feel like my whole viewpoint on my childhood and history is changing before my very eyes. I thought DeLoreans were like luxury cars and that they were like unattainable, unattainable even. You can buy them, you can buy them on eBay. Wow. There's not a ton of them. It's not like there's 30 listings or something, but they're purchasable there. Well, here we are. I don't know what yeah. to say about that. I genuinely thought it was like some kind of magical luxury car with the raising of the side of the doors up to the side. Right, right. It does seem gimmicky and a little impractical in day-to-day life. Well, there's nothing about a sports car that is practical. No. True facts. Because even if you if your career is in sports, it just doesn't translate the same. Right. Right. You know, I'd, I've never had a career. I think one of the dogs is tooting. Whoa, your sense of smell is back. At least it was there for a minute. At least I can smell dog toots. I got that going for me. I love how you're not saying fart, although you say much worse. I do. That's part of the magic of linguistics is you can say horrible words and then you substitute in poopy and things like that into the mix. It makes each one more powerful. Indeed. Okay. This is you, because I can't pronounce the thing. In 1681, we have the first recorded boxing match. If you have been watching, um, what is the name of the series that you hate that's on Netflix? Oh my gosh, it literally just left my mind. There's a lot of series I hate on Netflix. It's the romance one, the Shonda Rhimes production. Oh, what is it called? (laughs) Terrible. I hate my life right now. Anyway, 
gonna come back to this in a minute. There's a there's boxing. It's part of the. Yeah, yeah, it's it's there. Serious. Does it start with a B? It does. Yes. I want to say Brighton, but that's not it. It's not Bridgerton. Far. Bridgerton. There Bridgerton. Everyone was screaming they were, at their phones. We're showing our age. We can't remember words and things. Here's my thing. I woke up at three thirty this morning because Nico was like sleep awake. He wasn't actually awake, but it was he was noisy enough, making enough sound to wake me up. I couldn't go back to sleep, so I put Bridgerton on. I've been trying to watch it. You hate, hate it. Hate it. You hate it so much. I'm forced to watch it in the middle of the night. And that's why I couldn't think of the name of it just now because I've been up since 3.30 this morning. But mm. in Bridgerton, boxing, bare knuckle, old, good old-fashioned boxing is uh, a plot line. Anyway, 1681, the first recorded boxing match. I'm sure it was bare knuckle. Oh, yeah. Bare fist. Yeah. What's it called? Bare knuckle. Bare knuckle boxing. It was between the Duke of a Albemarle. 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 It's between his butler and his butcher. Apparently. They got a little crossways with each other. Yeah, probably had the same love interest. Who knows? Oh, I thought they were just fighting about a slab of meat. <laughs> it's possible. I don't, I don't, I think it's more likely that it was one of the other, it was a, a shared love interest that likely was also in the employ of the Duke. I think that you're probably spot on when it comes to that. All right. You take that one because I've got this next one that's pretty lengthy. And you got to save your voice. Yeah. This one's near and dear to my heart because in 1907 on this date, Maria Montessori opens a school in Rome. It is a... Wait for it. Montessori school. What is a Montessori school? Maria Montessori believed that the work of children, that all children have work, and that the work of children is learning, and that they learn... And sewing things in a sweatshop. No! How dare Cleaning you? Cleaning chimneys. No. Uh, and that the work of children is very hands-on. She's a very tactile-oriented teacher. This was at a time where that was very revolutionary. She really okay. uh, pioneered a lot of understandings of how the child's brain works and develops. She treats children, or she did, the late Maria Montessori treated children, um, not in the sense of being a tiny adult, but she understood their capacity for learning far, far more than other educational philosophies at the mm -hmm. time. Now, Maria Montessori, of course, a Catholic, um, growing up in Rome in the early 1900s, her approach to education has been adapted and adopted into um, a curriculum in Catholic circles called the Catechesis of the Good Shepherd, which our twins got to do for a year in our church, <clears throat> um, which applies the Montessori concepts to learning about church, Christ, the Bible, all kinds of things. Trades, things like that. Last night after dinner, Nico rotated the tires on my pickup. <laughs> the alignments for shit, but he got the tires around, so, you know. That's right. Nico goes to a school that, for the younger children, is Montessori-inspired, mm -hmm. but if life and whatever allows us to still be here as he moves closer to age three, he'll get to go to an actual Montessori classroom, and I'm very excited about that. We shall see. Well, 1974, just a year before the magical year of my birth, hmm. in an attempt to save energy, this is during the energy crisis, right? Daylight savings time commenced nearly four months early. So does that mean, so daylight savings time begins when we spring forward, right? Right now we're in standard time. 
I don't even know. Pretty sure about that. Whatever the case was. Four yeah. minutes early. Yeah. And so certainly this inspires the question, mm -hmm. does daylight savings time save electricity? And if so, how? You got me. So the original idea for this was conceived actually in 1784 by Benjamin Franklin. Of course it was. At that time, the goal was to conserve candles. Sure, sure, sure. It wasn't actually implemented there. Okay. Just an idea that he had. The first time it was put into effect was during World War I as a way to preserve resources for the war effort. Now, the first comprehensive study of how effective this was, this practice is or isn't, was or wasn't, was during the oil crisis of the 70s. The Department of Transportation announced that it had reduced national electricity usage by about 1%. 1%. That's not very significant, right? <laughs> Especially to move it four months backward. I don't right. understand. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a lot of interesting things to consider here. Electricity usage patterns, certainly between then and now, have changed a lot. Yeah. Um, and subsequent research that was done, both on then-current metrics as well as more recent, is pretty conflicting. Um, in 2006, there was a, a significant study instituted in Indiana because for the first time, Indiana had recognized daylight savings time statewide. Mm -hmm. Previously, it had only kind of been in a handful of counties. Yes. Their study showed a 1% increase in residential electricity use. Okay. Um you know, while the demand for household lighting, which was the original concern from way back when, had gone down, you newly had a demand for cooling on summer evenings and heating in early spring and late fall mornings, which those things were on the rise. Because, so that was 2006. I have mm -hmm. to think, now, obviously, I wasn't not even born yet in 1974, but from what I understand from previous generations... Central heat and air was not a given well, in right. homes built, uh, even that would have been even brand new construction in the 70s. In 96? Mm -hmm. Was that the year that I went up to Pennsylvania to meet your family? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they had just recently put a central air unit in their home there. It had never and it was new construction. previously had one. Right. Yeah, because people are just like, ah, it just doesn't get that hot in the summer. Now, my parents were like, this is unbearable. Did yeah. you think it was unbearable? No. Anyway, in that by 2006, I do feel like for at least new construction, but it was becoming more and more like this is the standard, even to retrofit yeah. an older home. Sure. Most sure, people sure. want to have central heat and air. So a year later, 2007, daylight savings time across our nation began three weeks earlier, ended one week later, so extended by four weeks total. The study uh, or rather a study done specifically in California, indicated a drop in use of 0.2%, but the statistical margin of error was 1.5%. So oh, no. at best, this is inconclusive. Sure. Yeah. Um, 2008, a report is presented in Congress that showed the four-week extension saved 0.5% of the nation's electricity, and this is a national study, 
uh, per day, but it also recognized that regional results could vary wildly, mm-hmm. just dependent upon climate differences. Sure. Uh, just as an example, you know, heavy use of air conditioning in the southern states, like Florida, would obviously be different than what goes on in the northern states. Absolutely. And again, my parents lived in, you know, upper sort of northwest corner of Pennsylvania, and it was it was not unusual for people to not have central right. air. My parents, having grown up in more of the Midwest and, and, and in Texas, it was just like, of course you need to have air conditioning. They're very quite used to it. But in Florida, the South, right. the Southwest, Texas, even here, like to remember when we lost our uh, air yep. conditioning. I do. Remember when we moved in here and we thought we had air conditioning and we didn't realize until we replaced the whole system that we'd been sleeping in 90 plus degree temperatures? It was really miserable. Yeah. But we got used to it. Yeah. The the first few nights that (laughs) the electricity was working, or I'm sorry, that the new AC unit was working, uh, we were laying in bed and we're like, my gosh, it's so cold in here. And we went and looked and the thermostat was like on 82. (laughs) Yes. So we had conditions to it. It's true. And that's what happens. But there are some places where people are less maybe prone to being conditioned to it. Sure. And they need that air conditioned. Yes. Conditioned to satisfy them rather than them being conditioned to satisfy the air. Do you get it? Oh, I got it. Okay. Solidly. All right. So as is often the case, there's a lot of, quote, common sense perspectives that you might try to apply to this that simply don't translate into application. Okay. Um, And I'll nerd out here a little bit on electricity. You love to nerd out about energy. It's fascinating to me. Um, To have a a reasonable assurance that when we cumulatively want to use energy, flip on a light, turn on the stove or the dishwasher or whatever – to, to be relatively assured that those devices will work when we want them to, as a nation, we have to produce a, a multiple of energy. Uh, we have to be capable of producing a multiple of, of the most amount of energy that we've ever used at any given point in time. Mm-hmm. It's the whole process for monitoring usage and turning generation on and off and doing things to keep everything working. Um, now, usage patterns aren't constant. No. And that's that's a big part of the issue. Yeah. There are peak times give, d- during any given day. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it's you know in the mornings as everyone's getting ready to leave for the day. It's in the evenings when everyone's arriving home for the day and taking a shower and doing all the different things. Yes. Run in the dishwasher. Yeah. Run in the laundry. Cooking food. Yeah. All, all the stuff. So... All of that comes into play. You're turning on your your HVAC system uh, to operate differently when you're home versus when you're not. Mm. So there's significant variance within the course of a single day. Mm -hmm. There's also significant variance over the course of a year. And it's typically the hottest months, which would be somewhere from mid-July to mid-August is going to be the hottest time of the year most places in the continental U.S., and those those spikes are massive. The the peak demand during those times can be literally twice what it might be during off peak demand of 
April or October. So you've, you have these weird instances um, where you have to have that much generation available. Now, because of how finances and funding and efficiency and all of that works, an energy generation facility that that's you know necessary to satisfy peak use and or to have a buffer well that there's portions of of those facilities uh numbers of those facilities that are literally going to operate a month or two of the year mm-hmm. but they're not fiscally viable yeah if that's all that they got paid for right there's and it's you got to appreciate as well that most of the time generation facilities are are not publicly funded. Right. It's not a government-run thing. On occasion they are, but most of the time, the lion's share of the work is being done by private investors. Right, yeah. Private companies. Mm-hmm. And so to inspire investment on the old risk-reward perspective, all of that, you have to do something to incentivize people to invest their money so that there is enough electricity being generated and transmitted and distributed and all of that. Mm. So... There is built into the system, in a sense, a guaranteed rate of return. And it wouldn't matter if you're talking about a, a base load system, which would run constantly mm-hmm. and at full tilt. Yeah. Or an intermediate or a peaking generation facility, any anywhere in that spectrum, they all have to make money. And yes. so effectively, they've been guaranteed by government a, a rate of return. So all of that to say... So what? You you reached a point, I guess you saved fuel if you had a fuel shortage, whether that was coal or natural gas or whatever it is. If that were the concern, yeah, you saved 1% or mm-hmm. half a percent a day or whatever metric uh, mm-hmm. that you landed on. But in terms of what the people are paying anyway, us, if it's a monetary issue, mm-hmm. that's not impacted. Uh, let's say that we have generation in place because this last summer was the hottest summer we'd had in three decades and we scaled up the generation capability. Well, we're, we will pay for those machines. Next summer, maybe it's the mildest summer we've experienced right. in a hundred years. Yeah. We're still going to pay full price yep. for what we use to compensate every one of those generation facilities to stay open at their more or less guaranteed rate of return. Right. So that's a whole other interesting twist on things. Mm. And then as it comes all the way back around to daylight savings time, and is it effective? Well, no, not really. And is it going to change? Well, no, probably not, because now we're all just kind of used to it. It's we expect it and you get weird things. Well, you get weird things happen when you upset people, like we've discussed in the past when the Gregorian calendar was yeah. introduced and people rioted because they thought somebody had stolen eight days from their life or something. Rioting in the Just streets. Just ridiculous. So yes. Here's that. You take the next two. Yeah, the next two. All right, here we go then. 1979. Oh, you know, we're talking about a rather serious matter like energy generation and consumption across the nation. But here's a bright spot for you. Indeed. 1979. YMCA by the village people becomes the only UK number one single for the village people. At its peak, it sold over 150,000 copies a day. That's a lot of YMCA. And- it is. It's a lot of dancing. Talk about riding in the streets. How mm-hmm. about just dancing in the streets? 
Yeah. Just YMCA it, you know? Get outside, turn off your AC, go outside. I was so close. My band was so close. We just, we didn't crack the code like the village people did. What was it? The raunchy sausages? Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's one of my favorite phrases I've ever heard, and I thank you for it. All right, in 1994. It's a magical year. It's your magical year, graduating from, what was Montessori it? Montessori school. I was going to say elementary school. Um, Kindergarten. I remember specifically this moment. I do too. I remember it in my mind. U.S. figure skater Nancy Kerrigan was in Detroit, Michigan, waiting to be interviewed by reporters when out of nowhere, a man smashes her in the knee with a police baton and then flees the scene. Now, it was, of course, later determined that the ex-husband of her rival, her ice skating rival, Tanya Harding, was behind the attack. Kerrigan did go on to, in the Olympics that year, win the silver. They really did a big deal. This this is my first memory of the media overplaying the hell out of something. Well, yes. This is your first memory in 1994. And her participating. Yeah. It wasn't just the media. She was in full cooperation. It oh, was sure. A, yes. It was an effort. Well, uh, Tanya Harding was allowed to compete in that 94 Olympic Games. She finished eighth place. And then the U.S. Figure Skating Association promptly banned her for life. Yes, within the same year. I feel like it was mm. four to six months later. Mm-hmm. Now, she had she did not sit on the sidelines watching her life go by after that. No, ma'am. Mm. She went on to post for Penthouse Magazine. She was part of an unsuccessful band called the Raunchy Sausages. No, no. Oh, just an unsuccessful we, band. She applied. We said, no, you're too hot right now. We can't <laughs> handle that kind of attention. She was the subject of several, numerous... When we turned her down, she hit me in the knee with a steel guitar. That explains so much. It does. Yeah. Subject of numerous films, documentaries, one I will mention here in a moment, books and academic studies. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Made her way into academia. Yeah, yeah. This she was had, kind of the dawn, eh, seemingly, at least to me, kind of the dawn of really beginning to apply psychology into sports. Interesting. She has worked as a welder, a painter, and a deck builder. She had a professional boxing career. Speaking of boxing, she ended up... Being a contestant on Dancing with the Stars was was a third place finisher there. Did better on Dancing with the Stars than she did in the Olympics. That year, for being anyway. honest, she'd she, been a world. I think she'd been a world champion though before that in figure skating. Yes, she was a very talented skater. Yeah, she was like one of only two. She was the only person to, or the first person to complete a triple something rather in yeah. a sanctioned event. Yes, that's right. She would later in her life become the winner of season 16 of Worst Cooks in America Celebrity Edition. She's done television commercials for direct auto insurance. And Ms. Tanya Harding has also set a new land speed record for a vintage, what, Ford Model A. Henry is clutching his pearls. (laughs) Posthumously. Yes. So there's a lot going on there. Like I said, I got a little whirl mentioned for you about Ms. Yeah. Harding later. There's probably a lot we could pull from that. But I have one very one specific recommendation, yes. 2011, the Romanian government reformed their tax code to include in the category of self-employed, fortune teller, astrologer, and witch. Highly inclusive. Thank you, Romania. Yes, it forced many 
who identified as such to pay taxes for the first time ever, and it was met with mixed feelings. Mm. Some witches threatened to place curses on government officials. I'm sure some actually did. Mm -hmm. Others praised the reform as it gave like legitimacy, official recognition to their crafts. Here's an interesting thing. I know now more about being an astrologer and a witch than I ever have because of TikTok. Okay. There exists on TikTok witch talk. Oh. And for some reason, which I do not understand, TikTok is so, so, so good at knowing me so well, but then they'll throw me these other, they, they put me in these other algorithms and I'm yeah, like, yeah. why TikTok, why? But for some reason, they won't put me in Catholic TikTok, but they're they're like, don't you want to be in witch talk? Witch talk. I feel like as well, we've discussed this, you get randomly and quite often suggestions for um rainbow themed stuff which look you're not a participant in to my knowledge but. i know uh, tiktok also does believe i'm a lesbian i have nothing against lesbians but i am not a lesbian it's but TikTok pretty will... much verified at this point it's verified in fact backed up by a very recent uh exciting few evenings where we wondered if you might be pregnant why again. are you saying that on the air well we share our lives, don't we? I guess we are. <laughs> we don't know how it happened. Honestly, we don't know how any of our kids were conceived. We've lived a chaste relationship for these many years now. I'm getting very embarrassed. I can feel my face getting hot as we continue to talk <laughs> about this anyway. That's because the heater won't turn off. Well, that too. It's like 90 degrees in here. Yes. Uh, anyway, this is a very interesting thing to consider because... Obviously, not only abroad, but here in the United States, people, this is their livelihood and they're, yeah. they're, they're making money off of their practices here. So in Romania, they're like, yeah, you're going to make some money and then you're going to give some of that you're to gonna us. You're going to give it to us and we're going to tax you for your windows. That's right, because that's how the British do it. So let's right. follow in their footsteps. They've been such a shining example in so many ways. Of taxation without, without representation. Without representation, you jackasses. <laughs> All right. Uh, which of those two do you want? You take this one. Okay. So this is just interesting. Um, it's relatively current. There was a paper published in the journal Nature. I didn't even know that was a journal. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not like what you would think by the name. It typically has to do with conservation efforts, uh, um, anti-pollution, mm -hmm. things like that. There was a there was an article published there that describes a method of pulling CO2 from the air into airplanes where it would be directly then converted into jet fuel. Mm -hmm. This is this is it's not a new process. It's a process that we've known about, but until very recently it was way too expensive to pursue. They've had some advances in that that's made it Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Arguably viable. Okay. Who knows on that? Because so many times a technology becomes viable because of subsidy, which is a very innocent sounding word, which means... No, it's still really damn expensive. The government's paying part of it by taxing you extra, and then you're paying only a mildly elevated price out of your own pocket. So it doesn't, it's not as obvious. It's more like, well, that's a horrible, I'm going to, I don't know. I'm going to go ahead and say this. Okay. It's like going to the dentist and he puts you under and mm-hmm. you wake up feeling like I might've been molested, but I'm not sure. That's kind of the effect of the subsidy. Okay. I don't Well, I, that's why I don't go to the dentist anymore. You literally don't. I've pulled all my own teeth and made new ones from Play-Doh. <laughs> they work well. Um, yeah, so anyway, that. Um, but now, yeah, so whatever that means, that it's now pursuable. Yeah. Um, one of the other things that they point out is that there are multiple other raw materials that get collected in this process, many of them only available otherwise from crude oil. Yep. So effectively, it would seem that we've discovered a method for mining CO2 yep. for all kinds of stuff. The ultimate goal, of course, being achieving a net zero carbon emission from aviation. Um, Won't that be a thing? It sounds oh in a plane flew over. It's literally flying overhead right now. That's right. That's kismet. I felt it in my Play-Doh teeth. They rattled. Yeah. Can y'all hear that? Probably not. Pretty loud. Tell us about this thing. Okay. Now, you discovered um, in the pages of a book that we've been enjoying together. Yes. A phrase that applies to something I've kind of also been applying to life. Let's just talk about it. It's called segmenting. Yeah. Have you, my love, ever found yourself in a bad mood? Never. (laughs) (laughs) Or even just a not good mood? And you're like, how did I get here? Yes. Things were going so well. Have you? Um, Literally almost every day. Okay. Now, one thing that we can think about is this idea of segmenting and how it can be a tool for being present and purposeful in a moment. Yes. And on a, almost on a schedule without having to set an alarm. Yeah. It's not that rigid, but Mm -hmm. to be, yeah, present, recognizing what you are doing. How does this tie into the bad mood, good mood situation? You, when you, when you find yourself, <clears throat> excuse me, there's, there's two different ways I would see it apply. You can, again, just kind of mysteriously realize, damn, I'm in a bad mood right now and I don't know how I got here. Or maybe I do know how I got here, but I'm here yeah. one way or the other. Um, so the first, the first perspective would be to recognize what you're doing in any given moment as a segment. And just start at the beginning of the day and you're going through your routine of I will have coffee and a shower or yes. whatever. And that that's a segment of life and be present yes. in that segment and purposeful towards something positive. Yeah. Um, even if for you in that moment, because some days are harder than others, positive is just simply choosing to not be negative. Right. But yeah. it could be, you know, it could be anywhere beyond that even. Um then 
by recognizing these segments of your life, you would have one, then the opportunity to consciously and purposefully in the moment that you're transitioning from this segment of getting ready to the segment of whatever's next, waking the kids up or getting in the car to drive to a, a workplace or whatever it is, um, that you would have some type of, of maybe preparatory yeah. aim as you transition. Right. Um, one of them mentioned that I read through was like, hey, you, you had this segment of driving to whether it's work or the first place you'll be going for the day to conduct whatever business it is you need to have done, that you decide, sit in your car for a second, and you decide, you know what, I'm, today I'm going to be the person that offers the unsolicited smile and kind mm. greeting to people yeah. as I go in. So there's that perspective. Okay. Then there's additionally the perspective of if you recognize that you are in a segment and something happens that either offers to pull you out of that segment, mm -hmm. uh, in which instance you would have the opportunity to make a decision. Right. I'm in the segment of preparing the evening meal mm -hmm. and my phone rings. Mm -hmm. Well, if I'm not waiting for a call, I have the choice to make to stay in the segment I'm in or to allow something to pull me out of it. Right. And then secondarily would be, or whatever number we're on there now, um, I get caught up in the numbers and letters of things, right? One, B, and four, something. Um, if something happens that would pull you forcefully out, like yeah. you are preparing the dinner meal and someone in the adjacent room screams bloody murder, mm -hmm. And you need to race out of there that you recognize in that moment, reclaim your control, your influence over your mood, your response, your interaction, so that you don't allow someone else to sully your experience. This is so good. And this <clears throat> is, excuse me. This is something that I have been incorporating into my life under the time management philosophy of time blocks. Mm -hmm. And I've had this idea in mind and I've gotten a lot more serious about it since the beginning of the year, but I had never thought of it as segmenting. And I genuinely had never thought of being really purposeful and mindful as you transition. Enneagram nines are known for having difficulty with transitions. We have a hard time with changes in momentum which is to say, once we start doing a thing, we can stay focused on it. As you know, once I start cleaning house, like I'm really cleaning, I will right. stay in it. If I can just get that momentum built up and start doing it, I will stay in it. For Enneagram 9s, we just have a hard time shifting that momentum. Right. But I think this is such a great key, is understanding, like, being very mindful. And so I've been breaking down, now that we've gotten back into the rhythm of homeschooling and Nico's back in school and the holidays are behind us, plotting out my day according to these time blocks, which is good and helpful and gives me the freedom mentally and emotionally to be like, no, you know what? I put my phone on do not disturb while I'm schooling my children and while I'm working, whatever calls come in, they can either leave a voicemail or whatever. And so that helps me stay mindful and present in the segment right. that I'm in. And that, and that's so helpful. And I've kind of intuitively been doing that for a while, but this idea of like saying, okay, the time has come to close out schooling the children, the boys who I've been actively hands-on homeschooling. Now I'm going to transition into 
this modality. This is what I'm doing next. And it's beneficial for them too. Yes. Because especially when there's something, well, whether it's for you or the kids, when there's an activity that isn't your, your number one pick Mm -hmm. that, you know, it's here for a limited time. Yes. And so let it be known when it begins and celebrate it when it's over. Yes. And and move ahead. Yes. Awesome for the kids and awesome for myself to be like, you know what? Yeah. I got so many things done on my to-do list because I was really mindfully tuned in to this segment of time, which was work on this thing. Yeah. When I was coaching and I, and there's no profession more efficient. Mm. Engineers would be jealous. Yeah. NASA would probably learn some things to come NASA visit with a swoon. good coaching staff. Collective swooning. We we broke practice into five-minute segments. And there would be, depending on the day of the week, somewhere between 18 and 24 five-minute periods. And on the practice field, then, so ah. when you had your practice schedule, yeah. and you yourself went in and drew in whatever you needed to draw to see this group of segments is for this. This one goes to that. Yes. Then on the field visible to everyone. Yeah. We had a, a digital clock, Mm -hmm. very large. Um, Honestly, it was as big as many high schools, entire scoreboard. And it would, it would just go on rolling five minute countdowns. And every time it turned a period, there'd be a little buzzer might prompt you to look and see what period are we in, check your practice schedule, make sure you're still good, or, you know, look up ahead of time realizing, okay, in the next 15 seconds, we're going to need to transition to a different area of the field. Mm -hmm. And we got more done in a practice. There were literally people every, of all, well, of two of the three places that I worked, we tried it at the, at the first of the three. That's a whole nother story. It didn't work well there, but at two of the three places that I'd worked, uh, following that, we had regularly in the off season, we'd have 20, 30 different coaching staffs come in to visit just to get yeah. our practice management system yes. and learn how to implement that because so everybody's always in a bind for time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So this is just, it's not only just about time management and productivity, it's about your mental presence and your mindset when you're in it. Mm-hmm. Now, one area where I kind of felt myself going off the rails was like last night I had put in early, early in the morning, I had put a pork shoulder, a Boston butt roast, pork shoulder roast in the oven to cook on low all day. I had in my mind, according to the recipe that it would be done at a certain time, right? Pulled it out. It was in fact, not done. Not done. It was not ready. And I could feel myself teetering off. I was about to go into the tank because you were sick. I wanted to do this one thing. You usually cook dinner. You do. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do one thing to try to help you and uh, support you as you're not feeling great. And that's to make dinner. And it wasn't ready. And it, we didn't discover until like 530 that it wasn't going to be ready. So in that segment of time, when we should have been having dinner put on the table, I was pretty pissed off at myself. Yeah. And well, the pork. The, the, I think a very pork. beautiful, though, perspective, if it's looked at in a healthy fashion, yeah. is to say, yeah, and it's going to be common, I would I would assume, in my own life experience, I would say it's common that you, you set a segment that is absolutely time-specific for something, and it doesn't go according to plan. Mm-hmm. Well, you have a choice. You can yes. you can go in the hole. Yep. Or you can 
use your intellect to determine a new segment yes. that fits to get whatever done. And that's exactly what we did. Yeah. We adjusted. We were more nimble than a nimble nimbleton something. Well, yes. And I feel like you were like pulling me back. Like I yes. was teetering on the edge and you were pulling me back. You have written in the notes here, realize when your segment is changing, it has the potential to change or has just changed. Like you were like, hey, 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 we're not going to go in the tank over this. Yeah, that's a we have options. That's a bad segment choice. Yeah, it's exactly. always there, and it's inviting as hell. It is, it is because it. Well, there was something very like I felt like I had to like self punish because yeah. I had failed yeah. the family. I know, but I'm just saying this is where I was coming. From. I I understand. I'm shaking my head because. I'm reliving the moment. I know no, you, you, are. you haven't failed. It's fine. We pick a new segment. We win. Everyone exactly. won. And dinner's already done for tonight. Yes, that's right. It is. And then because you pulled me back from the edge when we were actually at the grocery store doing our plan B uh, execution of let's get something else that can be cooked up real fast, I chose because you'd already kind of pulled me back and been like, no, we're just going to have to change plans. Um, I was able to choose in that moment gratitude and to be like, I'm so thankful we live so close to grocery stores. I'm Mm -hmm. so thankful that there are grocery stores that have food that we can make quickly. You know, just like getting into that gratitude mindset, which ultimately put my feet back on the steady path inwardly. So I wasn't just relying on you cheerleading me through it. I was able to inwardly make that transition and be like, okay, the segment had to change. I'm disappointed, but it's not the end of the world. Now we got to keep walking forward. And we didn't record yesterday, so I had energy to spare. Yeah. We have recorded today. I'm pretty gassed out right now. And so to have dinner ready now. Yeah. Because we finished cooking what you'd started yesterday and it will be even better than it was gonna be. And yeah. We kinda we kinda got two birds and one stone. The, one, all the birds are dead. One bush. We killed saying. the birds. The, the birds, birds are, are dead. dead. The stones birds. have been thrown. The birds have the COVID. No, it was bats. Bats had COVID? It was from a bat. Well, bats are basically naked birds. (laughs) They can't see. I think bats are mammals. They are. They They are. Sick little (sighs) rodent things with wings. Anyway, segmenting. Yeah. Mental presence, time blocks, all of it. It's so good. And that was a great discussion that you shared with me. And and I think valuable tie-in to that, that... Winning isn't about how many times you, how many attempts it took. Right. It's about persisting yes. through. We won. We we had dinner. It was a great dinner. Yes. And it was within a reasonable time frame. And everyone ate it and went to bed full, and filled. A, filled? Filled up. Full, filled full up. Belly. That was a delicious dinner, by the way. It was. Um, I just want to like do a callback to a way a long time ago. This may have been when Awesome Today was in a different iteration for our sort of awesome superstar Patreon supporters. Mm-hmm. When I talked about how frustrated I get when my, I make my plan for the day and it gets off track because yeah. of children and the reality of that. It's a little segment breaking yes. moments. This is so helpful as I think about if an interruption happens while I'm in the segment, I have to either adapt to the reality of the change or uh, be able to like take care of the thing and then come back into the segment and be present in the segment that I was in. I will tell a story to that if you'd like. Okay. It ties back into coaching. Okay. So here we were operating off of this very regimented approach of time. Yeah. And the first person I did this effectively under, 
that head coach was he's the guy everybody knows that can't be wrong. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Cannot be wrong. Mm. Doesn't matter. If he showed up naked at practice, it was your fault for not being naked. Because it was naked practice day. Yeah. Which is a thing. Not really. Um, and on more than one occasion, over the th what three years that we were there with him, uh -huh. um, he would himself get way off schedule and then just rip people's asses because they weren't there yeah. to participate in whatever group activity that wasn't yet supposed to occur for another 15 to 20 minutes, mm. three or four segments. Mm -hmm. And so we would, we learned because more than once somebody got air quote uh, fired during practice. Yeah. You're always rehired before the practice was over. Yeah. Uh, but he was that volatile. Mm. And so we learned pretty quickly. You just, oh, sorry. And you run over and you participate in whatever at the wrong time. And this is the distractions of life that come along. Yes. And then, so long as... We got to a point, originally we'd do that, and then if we'd gone 10 minutes early to the thing, we'd just do it 10 minutes longer, and we yes. would have cheated somewhere right. on what we'd needed to get done. Yeah. Later, it was the closest he ever came to admitting he was wrong, he would get to the point, because this wasn't an infrequent event, it was probably once every two weeks. Later, we got to the point where when he realized he'd jumped the gun, then he he would declare to everybody that he was calling that drill early and to go work on something else for the next 10 minutes. Mm. And so we'd, we'd replace what needed to get done just in a new era area. And you couldn't, I mean, you could, you could sit and be mad at yourself. You could be absolutely sit and justify being furious with him. But at the end of the day, it really didn't serve anything besides you being furious. Exactly. Yes. And that gave him way too much control mm. over your well-being. So. Yeah. So it's about adaptability. It's about nimbleness. It's about yeah. resilience. Yeah. That's good. That's good. All right. Um, one trending today, which is probably, well, I know it's pretty significant to one of your co-hosts. Mm-hmm. I yeah. believe she even reached out to you when it landed. Would you like to share it? Yeah, we. my co-host Rebecca, long-time dear friend Rebecca, was definitely all a flutter about this news. Harry Styles spotted holding hands with one Ms. Yes. Olivia Wilde, an actress who's a little older than Mr. Styles. By a decade. By a decade. But you know what? They hit it off apparently enough to hold hands. Hold in hands in a quarantine. That's right. Hey, Awkwardly, are... like as I the snippet I read said that he plainly had to try to hold a, a wine glass or a champagne goblet and a book in one hand to have the other one free to mm. awkwardly in third grade style hold her hand. Well, I don't know. It's all over the tabloids. It's all yeah. over the news. You well, can check it out if you want. Is there a difference anymore? I don't know. There we are. So that's the thing. Yeah. There's a lot of speculation as to why. Some people even pointing to Harry's recent uh, style choices being that for each of them, it was a means of doubling their wardrobe. <laughs> I don't think that's accurate reporting. I thought it up. I won't lie. <laughs> I thought it was humorous. I don't have any problem. Oh. If somebody wants to wear whatever clothing, that's fine. But that doesn't mean I don't find it humorous. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Well, if you're an American, guess what? The Electoral College is meeting today to cast their vote. Yes. On your behalf. 
Uh, well, theoretically. That's what they say. It could prove to be an interesting, if not historical or even just semi-historical. Yes. Event. Yes. We will, we will see. This could be the perfect opportunity for at least half the nation to practice segmenting. <gasps> Ooh. However things may go. Yes. I, I heard uh, it's been a few months back. I had run across, and I don't know how old it was when I found it, but I'd, I'd run across somebody who was addressing someone else that was in that moment still just uh, beside themselves with the fact that Trump had become president. Mm -hmm. And they'd asked this person, you know, it was a little bit of a jabby approach, mm -hmm. but pretty realistic to say, okay, well, you know, plainly then this person was an Obama fan. And during that eight years, how many times did Obama call you? How many times did, you know, did something happen where your your interaction with him was impactful? And mm -hmm. the ultimate point being, it doesn't really matter. It never has in all of the history of our country. It's never really mattered at a personal level who was mm -hmm. in the seat at the White House. Mm -hmm. um, not really. Yeah. So you can allow, you can segment poorly and allow things, however they turn out, to agitate you in a major way, or you can segment and move along and just be like, hey, okay, whatever. It's all That's all just the visible circus anyway. We know that there are secret powers that run the country, right? Yes, that's our side podcast. Yes. It's called Raunchy Sausages. Raunchy Sausage Podcast. It's actually about conspiracy theories about who really runs the world. And by conspiracy, we mean the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do some world. It's been a few days since we whirled. It would be watching, reading, listening, and life styling. Okay. First of all, like I said, Tanya Harding. There's uh, so ESPN, ESPN. Sorry, didn't mean to jumble my letters there. ESPN has done a longtime series called Thirty for Thirty documentaries. Mm -hmm. Various people directing those. They're actually I don't like sports ball, but the Thirty for Thirty documentaries are really well done because you know what they Some focus on the human side yeah, they, of the athletes yeah. they're featuring. Yes, so you could engage with that even if you hate the sports ball. Exactly. Or the sports skate. Exactly, and in this case, yes, the sports skate, there's a 30 for 30 called The Price of Gold that tells Tanya Harding's like sort of story and, and mm -hmm. traces the all the way back to her childhood uh, through the event that happened and what's happened in her life since yeah. then. So I... Highly, it's like 30 or 40 minutes. It's not long. I highly recommend that Tanya Harding documentary by ESPN. I would like to offer this. There was a lot of mud slung yes. at Harding over yeah. this whole thing. Yeah. Um, it seems, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But it seems pretty obvious that she did not inspire this event. Exactly. This was... The ex-husband taking it upon himself for who knows what motivation mm -hmm. to do all of this. And and truly, just through the little bit of research I've done, looking at her background, where she came yep. from, what she fought through, yeah. including this, what she went on to do, this woman is a freaking survivor. She I have a is. deep deep amount of respect for her ability to segment life yes. and press ahead. Yeah, it's really good. And, and if you watch the documentary, it will affirm everything you just said. Now, on a personal note, you and I, uh, since we've last 
shared with the awesomes of the Awesome Today fam. We finished The Flight Attendant, the HBO, HBO Max series. Mm -hmm. It was fantastic. It was interesting. I loved it. I know you did. I did not dislike it. Yeah. And so it was not painful for me to watch that with and for you. Uh, it stars Kaylee Kukuo, I believe her last name is. She was recently on the Conan O'Brien podcast, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Uh, she acts in this role so phenomenally. Yes. There are moments when you love her and she will bring you to tears. And there are no moments you just want to smack her in the face, even if you are a nonviolent person, as I am. I loved this series. There are some plot questions I still have. Yeah, yeah. At the end. There were some things not tied up well. I didn't think they tied it all up well. Apparently this is based on a book, so I'm I'm thinking that in the book some of those plot lines were a little bit more fleshed out. But I just thought this series, I mean, it's very strange in places. It's very infuriating in places. It's highly entertaining and comical in places. I loved it. I cannot believe more people are not talking about it, but we finished it. So I am giving it a huge thumbs up. I will say this. It it is hands down multiple notches above Bridgerton, <laughs> which I've been relegated to watch in the middle of the night. Yes, that's your choice. I know it is. Okay. Also, um, what speaking else? Of choices. The speaking of choices, the we made the choice to watch a recommendation. We did by um, Awesome Laura. Yes had recommended because we'd mentioned in our family as a lifestyle that the Rubik's cube has emerged as a bonding moment. And awesome. Laura recommended on Netflix, the speed cubers. Thankfully another awesome wait and set. Don't forget the Kleenex. Yes. Yes. And I don't remember her name, but she has red hair. Heather. Yes. She's a friend of mine. Awesome. Red haired Heather. I like red hair. Yes. Um, this is an incredible... You need to watch this. It's only 40 minutes long. It's 40 minutes. It's not really Ugh. about the Rubik's Cube. No. It's about two guys mm. who live in this world. Felix, who is Australian. Yes. Who is a very... He's got to be an INTJ. Oh, yeah. He, as a young boy, was riveted, became quite good, set all kinds of records. And then later, Max from California, yep. who has autism yes and the rubik's cube became a tool you're gonna cry it's okay <laughs> do it if you need to the rubik's cube became a magnificent tool for his mother to really engage with him and went on has gone on to become a magnificent tool for him to engage he became best friends with felix yeah um, as they were primary competitors against each other for well over a decade. Yes. And it's something that has helped him to mature in the in the many areas that autistic people might struggle with. Yes. It is an incredible story, and you need to watch it. We it know. is a, a bright and shining light in humanity. Yes. It's called The Speed Cubers. Go watch it. I can't talk about it or I will cry. That's fine. Okay. That's fine. You have a read and or listen. Yes, I do have a read that I'm listening to. Most of my reading being done via Audible lately. So awesome. Katie had reached out to me. She was recently on the show talking about uh, great reads from 2020. Katie Proctor. Anyway, she told me you have got to read The Extraordinaries. Came out last summer. It's by TJ Klune. It's a... Uh, uh, 
there's a guy, okay, it's, it's a fantasy in the sense that it takes place in a, in a universe where superheroes and supervillains are incorporated in real life. And this particular kid, he's like a 16, 17 year old young man writes fan fiction about these superheroes and supervillains. I've only just started it on Audible, but it's fantastic. I, she had messaged me, you've got to check this out. It's great on audio because she knows I like to listen to a lot of books. And, and that's so not true for so many books. Yeah, that's you, true. Some books you either have to read yes. or you have to listen Absolutely. to. Absolutely. This one is super well done on Audible. I cannot remember the narrator's name, but he's fantastic. Within the first two minutes of listening, I messaged her back and I was like, this is a delight. Thank you. So again, it's The Extraordinaries by TJ Klune. So. Excellent. Well, lifestyle, I'm going to pull back in the Rubik's Cube. Okay. Um, and that, to me, this means more now that I've seen the speed cubers. Yeah. The only reason, so like eons ago, because I am a math oriented, a logic oriented person, I went through a, a phase by myself. This was with only one child born in our family. So like 15, 16 years ago? Yeah, I went through a phase by myself, just curious, bought a cube, figured out the algorithms through resources available, satisfied my need, moved on. Well, our, our second oldest child, Mm -hmm. Recently, she got one yeah. as a gift from someone for Christmas, and she was inspired to get me one. Yes. So, though she's not autistic, and I'm not suggesting that, mm -hmm. having seen the speed cubers and seen this now, this bonding moment, um, I saw that on the heels of having experienced a bonding moment yes. with our child. And that's those those moments aren't always so easy to find. It's so true. Our oldest children are teenagers. This is a time when, you know, sort of pop culture and your own mm -hmm. lived life experience might suggest that this is a time when kids pull away from their parents as they start to feel the draw of independence, which is completely... Except for COVID. You don't have a choice. You want a friend? It's your dad. <laughs> yes, it's true. Winning through sickness. <laughs> but it's completely developmentally appropriate and normal that kids start to pull away a little bit. And so parents are often looking for ways to connect yeah. with their kids. Um, I love that the Rubik's Cube, something so simple and so complex, has yeah. given you... Uh, that chance, even over the, when we were in our ice storm crisis, you guys bonded over doing puzzles, puzzles which is, yeah. I mean, a Rubik's cube is called a puzzle, a puzzle cube. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, there's something there. Yes. Um, I will share more details on this in coming days. We found, so, so just so people know, like world record, um, for a, for a single solve, I think is now under four seconds. That's which is insane. insane. And no, we, we don't anticipate being that. No. Um, there's another world record that's judged by the average across multiple solves. And I think that's in the five to six second range somewhere in there. Yeah. We can enjoy, though, texting videos back and forth yeah. to say, hey, go watch this. Go watch that. Yeah. Um, and then through that and through YouTube and some other things, using technology for as good as we can. Yeah. Um, I did a little bit of research and I found like it is truly the value buy of speed cubes. Yes. Because that's a whole thing, man. That's yes. a whole world of stuff. And you can spend anywhere from 10 to 70 to 500 to $1,000 on cubes, single cubes. Yeah. to try to find one that 
were in the the technology involved the you know you have to have a special lubricant and some have magnets and all kinds of stuff well i found <clears throat> excuse me i guess you'd call it the entry level speed cube that, that actually translates to some pretty high end use for really cheap. Yes. And those should be here unless shipping gets delayed, they should be here tomorrow. Yeah. And so we'll be able to follow up on that. Got those not because again, either of us, especially me, neither we're not looking to set any new records, but if this is a thing that inspires wanted interaction and all that, you bet I'll spend money on the cube. Yes, absolutely. Can't so, wait to see how that turns out. I'm going to have a coughing fit, so well, it's probably time to sign off. You better do your trademark thing. Can you say it? I think I can. Have an awesome today, would you? Please do. Bye-bye. Bye. Daylight savings time. What is it saving? It doesn't save daylight, time, or money. It certainly doesn't save your soul. What, indeed, is being saved? Find Awesome Today and Sorta Awesome Media on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and literally everywhere podcasts are found. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer after for years to come try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee plus get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details